0: The Press Pass on WKXL is presented by the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. Check out either of their two locations, one at the Concord Hospital Campus, the other 125 North Main Street. The Prescription Center will also deliver prescriptions to you free of charge. That's the Prescription Center, where the health of you and your family comes first. This is the
1: Press Pass with Chris Ryan.
0: This is where you hear unique conversations with the best athletes, coaches, and general managers in sports. I think you
2: appreciate each and every one. Uh, each and every one especially in their own way and as I play with two guys that uh, they were on top of their game on an nightly basis and People get spoiled, you know, they, they sell Manny, they sell David, so they, they start taking people for granted. Opportunity for me, and I know I need to help my team now, so you know, the better I
3: play, the better it'll be for us. I think it's uh, one of the most important things is focus and the consistency.
0: The Bengals, the Rams set to meet in Super Bowl 56. Tough times for the Bruins and the Celtics, make some deadline deals. This is the Press Pass, I am Chris Ryan. Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams, Super Bowl 56. Two teams that most did not think would be at this point when all is said and done. But let's face it's an NFL that had tremendous parity this year. And the Cincinnati Bengals, to me, are a team that has been willed to the Super Bowl by their quarterback. And certainly they have some talented receivers. Their defense has some guys that make some plays. But this is a team that has been brought here by a quarterback who... Looks like he has a chance to be a legend. And the question is, you know, is this the end of the road for him against a really talented defense led by Aaron Donald? Or is this a Cinderella story that does not end at midnight for Joe Burrow? Let's get into the interviews. We're going to hear from both head coaches. We're going to hear from the two biggest stars in this game, a couple guys on the Rams with Patriots connections. Of course, Sony Michelle running back for the Patriots and key figure in their last Super Bowl championship, and also Van Jefferson, who is the son of former Patriot wide receiver and current wide receivers coach, Sean Jefferson. That in just a little bit. Also, the kicker who everybody is talking about, Evan McPherson, who is an incredible talent for the Cincinnati Bengals. We'll start, though, with the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals, and Joe Burrow. Hey, Joe, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Um, how would you describe, you know, what your mindset needs to be when you're playing your best? It seems like there's like that calm, cool, collected aspect to your game. But is there, you know, is there other stuff that creates that space that you need to be in to have success? You know, I think the key to you know, finding that is just maintaining hey, Tom, the mindset that you have through the lows as the highs. You got to stay stay level-headed. You know, if you get too high, you're you know, going to get tired and you're not going to be able to sustain that. And if you get too low, you know, you're going to let those mistakes snowball. So I think the key is just keeping the, the same level head through everything. Let's hear from the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. He is Zach Taylor. Hey, Zach, are you? I'm doing great. I want to ask you about um, youth versus experience. Obviously, you have two young head coaches in this game. You have uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. And you guys have had great success throughout the course of the postseason. How have you gone about overcoming, quote-unquote, a lack of experience? And what about you think those two players has allowed for them to shine in these types of moments?
1: Well, as a team, we just try to treat these like normal weeks, you know, and let the media make it the bigger deal that it is. Um, But for us, it's just going through the same meeting schedule, the same practice schedule. Uh, you know, trying to keep that that process the same. And then we get out there and, and the ball kicks off and it's just a normal game. I think that for those guys that you mentioned, they're used to this stage. They're used to, to all the spotlight that comes with playing in the college football championship and college football national championship. And and so now it's just kind of part of that process for them. They're in the NFL. It's a similar stage um, to them. They expected to be here and they expect to bruise on this stage. And and uh, so it's really cool to watch those guys you know, get through these these first and second seasons that they've had here.
0: Now Rams head coach Sean McVay.
4: Hey, Coach, how are you? I'm good. How you doing?
0: Good. Um, just the, the impact that you feel that uh, Aaron Donald has had on the franchise as a whole and how his dominance on the defensive side of the football flexibility has created kind of a confidence and culture within your football team.
4: Yeah, I, I get um, I get asked about Aaron all the time, and rightfully so. And I think the best way that I can answer it is no matter how many nice things I say, it still wouldn't do justice to what he means to me and to our organization. Um, He is one of one. He's so special. Um, He had already established himself as one of the best players um, in this league before I got here five years ago. All he's done is get better. And that's because you hear him say it all the time, hard work pays off. He's an extremely gifted player. But I don't know that I've ever been around anybody that's more intrinsically motivated than he is. That wants to bring people with him that is the epitome of a great teammate that practices hard that prepares the right way and then has a switch that he flips where it's a controlled aggression that he plays with during the course of games he brings people with him he elevates their play and i've even seen over the last couple years he's elevated his leadership you know he what he does you know i always tell our players i see better than i hear and if you just watch what aaron donald does he is the epitome of everything that's right about the rams But he's also used his voice, and he picks and chooses the right spots to really challenge guys to raise their level of play. And that's been a huge part of why we're here. I know so many of his teammates, coaches, myself, um, want this so badly for him and so many of our special players and people that are a part of this game. And I think that's what makes this team special. Guys are doing it because they want it for the love and care that they have for their teammates. And that is so special, and that is epitomized by Aaron Donald.
0: Thanks. You're welcome. Speaking of Aaron Donald. Hey Aaron, how are you? I'm good. How about you? Awesome. Um, you mentioned that you appreciate being in the Super Bowl more this time than the last time against the Patriots. And I was wondering why. And also what were your, your biggest lessons from you know from that game and how do you feel that experience is gonna feel you, you and your teammates in this one?
5: Um, well when I said I appreciate it more, it's just you know, when you when I went there, you know, in eighteen, it was a year that well, I was in my, probably what, what was my fifth year in the league for, for whatever it was. Um, you know, you, you, you get to that and you, and then you just, you lose. It's like, we'll be back next year. You just think it's going to be able to get back, get, get back to that easy. And, and it's not that easy, man. It's a, it's a lot of long season, a lot of ups and downs, man. And, it, and it's hard to get to this point. So um, having an opportunity to be here this time, a second time, I just appreciate it that much more. And being a year eight, you know, you don't know how long much time you got to play this game left. So, to be a guy that made it back a, um, a second time and, and understand how much work that we put into it, but me personally, how much work I put into this, how much training I did to, um, to, to try to get back to this point. Um, you know, you just appreciate it that much more, man. And, and, and don't take nothing for granted. So I'm um, just taking it all in, like enjoying this process, um, all this, I know it come with a lot, but i um, just taking it all in, man, and, and enjoying this. And, but at the same time, trying to get myself prepared and get ready for a game. So, I'm at my best, so we can have an opportunity to win this game. So, you mentioned your your background before from from Pittsburgh,
0: and I'm I'm curious as to you know as a guy who's viewed as being quote unquote undersized, you've accomplished amazing things in the game at, at your position and kind of transformed it. How much of your your background um, kind of drives who who you are and allowed for you to accomplish what you've accomplished?
5: Well, I think that's just the, my upbringing. Um, my parents, my brother, my older brother, older sister, always, you know, pushing me and, and making me be, be at my best when I need to be, but, um, you know, I, that, that's credit to them. You know, obviously, you always going to grow up uh, undersized and things like that, you hear. Me personally, um, if it did anything, it just made me work hard harder just because um, it ain't get me mad or nothing. I just felt like, okay, maybe I ain't did enough to show them that I can still play at a high level no matter what size I am. Um, and I just worked, man, and and, and let my film speak for itself, you know. So i uh, been blessed to be where I'm at, um, be with certain coaches and players that um, I was blessed to be a part of, and, and being with this organization been great. So, um, you know, I've I seen myself grow from, you um, you know, a young high school kid, then to a young college kid, to a young professional now. You know, in my eighth year in this league, man. So, it's been a blessing. It's been a long rap, but um, definitely worth it.
0: Let's get to some of the Patriots connections in this game. We're going to start with Sony Michelle, of course, was traded by the Patriots in training camp to the Rams for a draft choice because so the Patriots had. Pretty full backfield and complement of running backs. James White at the beginning of the year, Ramondre Stevenson. We saw what he did stepping up as a rookie. Damian Harris and Brandon Bolden, Sony Michelle, the odd man out, and he ended up having some success with the Rams. Cam Akers is back and he's moved into a role as a backup, but here is Sony Michelle. Hey Sony, hope all is well with you. Um, two, if I could. First one, just on the transition from New England to. LA this year you mentioned you know some of the challenges at the beginning of the year but how would you you know, kind of describe what this season has has been like for you roller coaster how would you categorize it?
2: Um, man, it's just it's it's a football season and I think a lot of teams, a lot of teams that make it to this point, especially even I'm sure guys on the Bengals can attest to this. A lot of guys on this team can attest to this. You go through a lot of ups and downs no matter what it is. Uh, personally. Uh, the team itself will go through ups and downs. And it's all about just sticking together, leaning on one each, one, one another and um, just keep pushing forward. And eventually that time will come.
0: And on your experience in, in the last Super Bowl, where we were obviously with the Patriots, do you feel there is benefit to that experience going into this game? The fact that you can kind of let guys know what needs to be done, the focus, the intensity, etc.?
1: Um,
2: I wouldn't say that, you know, experience really does. I-, I won't say experience helps um, at all with, you know, with games like this. I think biggest thing is preparation. You know, for a guy that haven't been here or a guy that has been here, if you're not prepared, you won't be ready for the opportunity. If you're prepared, you'll be confident and you'll be ready for the opportunity. So I won't say experience is the biggest thing. I'll say preparation is.
0: Van Jefferson looks to be a special player. He's a deep threat on this team with both Odell Beckham uh, Jr. as well as Cooper Cup filling that slotless receiver role. But uh, Van Jefferson looks like he has a chance to be a really good NFL player. He's had a strong season so far. He leads the team in yards per catch, and he is the son of Patriots wide receiver Sean Jefferson, who was top two receiver for the Patriots on their Super Bowl team that uh, went to the Super Bowl in 97 and lost to the Green Bay Packers under Bill Parcells. Here is Van Jefferson. Hey man, how are you? Good. How you doing? Awesome. Um, what I'd ask you about your a little about your dad's impact on you. Um, obviously, here in New England, we got to see him play quite a bit. Uh, you were a baby at that point in time, so I'm not sure if you remember anything you know, about uh, him being with the Patriots. But just just tell me early memories of being around um, you know an NFL team, and also how do you feel that type of experience uh, benefited uh, you.
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been around football my whole life with my dad playing and now currently coaching, you know, um, that's all I knew was football, you know, um, you know, I really didn't remember him when he was uh, in New England, you know, I think I, you know, I kind of caught the later years of his career in Detroit and Atlanta, but, um, you know, I grew up around it and I really, you know, really didn't start like, you know, getting to football until he got to Detroit you know and that's when he's with Calvin and Calvin set the you know record and things like that and um, you know but it was great you know having my dad you know playing in the NFL just kind of seen you know, it kind of gave me insight of what I wanted to do and you know what I wanted to do when I got older and um, uh, definitely seeing what he did and you know how You know, he went through the NFL. It's definitely what I wanted to do. And, you know, he's always giving me tips and advice. And, you know, seeing players and seeing how they go behind things and see how they, you know, are as a pro, you know, it helped me out too as well. So um, it definitely was, you know, benefits towards that and seeing that and um, having a dad in the
0: NFL. Back to the Bengals now. An offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. He is going to be special. And you think about the tandem of Burrow and Chase – potential those two have playing together for years i talked to chase about what he's learned through his rookie year hey jamar how are you doing good good um as a rookie what have been your biggest experiences this year that you think have benefited your you know, further growth in going on this run um the
3: biggest thing you know this year that i see. say Um, It was just adversity, you know, for my rookie season, Uh, coming in, you know, expecting everyone was expecting a lot. Um, Stuff wasn't going my way. So, you know, just handling adversity and overcoming everything.
0: I really love Evan McPherson, and uh, this interview is really fun with him and kind of taking you through the context of what it is like to be a kicker in these big spots. Of course, he has hit big kick after big kick, including the legendary 50-plus uh, yarder against the Tennessee Titans, in which he walked out and told the holder, "Looks like we're going to the AFC Championship game." Just about your confidence, and you've kind of become legendary during the postseason. You know the things that you've done, the things you have said. Where does that where does that come from, and how important do you think that is for for a kicker in, to have confidence and conviction in in those types of moments?
1: Uh, I, I think it's probably one of the most uh, most um, important things that you really need as a kicker is, is confidence and just knowing you know in your mind whenever you step on the field that there's really no doubt that the ball is going to go through the uprights and just i think it's really just come through um you know countless um countless reps at practice um countless reps you know in the off season on my own and i really like to translate you know practice to a game and so like Like, let's say, you know, when we go throughout a normal week of practice, we hit 12 total field goals in a two-day span. And those are from different spots on the field. And so going into the game, let's say I have, like, a similar kick to what I had in practice. All I'm thinking is, I hit it in practice. Why can't I do it here? You know, this is no different than that kick in practice. And so I think that's really helped me um, throughout my career just – give me the confidence to go out there. You know, I've done it once, why can't I do it again? And that's just kind of, I feel like where I've built my confidence the most is just kind of relate, relate, relating kind of practice to the game. Just a follow up, if I can. Um, you mentioned the crowd
0: and how you kind of turn uh, turn the crowd out, but also want to capitalize on that energy and that, that moment. Like, how do you combine those two things of the pressure and the crowd getting the best out of you, but also, Kind of pushing it aside in some ways like how does that all kind of jive together if you will
1: uh i mean <clears throat> i think it's just because like how it's like how they really describe being a specialist or on special teams is that you're you're kind of like a sniper you, you got one shot and one kill like that that's no it's, it's really cut and dry like you either make the kick or miss it and so I think just knowing how important your job is, is you're gonna do everything possible in, in your power to you know make that kick. And it doesn't matter if the, the crowd is a record setting number of decibels, whatever it is, like however loud they get, it, it really doesn't matter. Like you're going out there and you really, you, you have this one shot and that's it. You either got to make it or miss it. Um, and kind of all eyes are on you. And I mean, you know that subconsciously, but you know, in the moment, you feel like nobody is watching you. And I think um, that's probably one of the most important things because if you start thinking of the crowd and and the noise, and you're kind of getting thrown off of, you know, your thought process of, of the whole kick. And, you know, I, I think that if that kind of happens, then, you know, bad things are going to happen. So you really just kind of got to zero in and, and not let anything affect you in that moment in time. But you can have fun after, enjoy the crowd, but for those 1.3 seconds, you don't hear anything.
0: When you think about you know the worst franchises in the NFL, certainly Cincinnati Bengals come to mind. They've won a championship, been a bad team for years, one of the worst win percentages of any of the teams in the league. And now... They find themselves in the Super Bowl. I asked longtime Bengals center Trey Hopkins about what it means. Hey Trey, how are you? Good, how are you? Awesome. Um, so what is it do you think is it meant to the Bengals fans, to the franchise? And obviously you've been there for a while to be at this point, given, you know, what the franchise has been. What have you sensed about the, the meaning of this moment?
2: I mean, it's it's huge. It's it's incredible to me to just go just to be in Cincinnati and just see everybody so happy it it, it's just, it it really it it affects people like their day-to-day lives whether it's the the person bagging groceries in the grocery store or or it's, it's who, the, even the, the people that watch that, that watch my dog that I'm fortunate enough to have babysitting my dog it's just everyone is everyone's so much happier the city's alive the city has a fire has a spark um and it, it's great it, it, it's 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 incredible. I mean, and we just got to see that at the at the the rally before we before we left for L.A. Just seeing the excitement and the support we have from the city is something that I haven't seen um in my years prior to prior to this this year. So it's a huge change, a huge switch in energy, and I love it.
0: To me, Cooper Cup is one of the most intriguing players in this game. If and it's a big if, the Bengals can up- come up with a scheme to slow him down. They have a chance to win this game. And I think that's key for them is slowing down Cooper cup. The guy who's going to be tasked with that is Mike Hilton. Hey Mike, Um, just on Cooper cup, what have you seen from him this year and kind of in the last couple of games, which has allowed for him to get to this next level that he's playing at right now? Is there anything specific that he, that he does that makes him different than other guys?
2: Um, nothing too much. Like I said, he, he's real deceptive and switching tempos, running routes. And he he's just he's just a real smart receiver, man. And I, I got a lot of respect for him and and what he can do inside in the slot and outside. And when he has a guy that can get him to get him the ball, like Stafford and all different type of uh, arm angles and deep throws. I feel like, you know, um, <laughs> he's talking about getting the ball. Hey? I told you get the ball. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh. Well, he, he's just a talented guy, man. He's phenomenal, and you know I'm excited about this matchup on Sunday.
0: Super Bowl 56, Sunday, 6.30 p.m. The Rams and the Bengals covering the Super Bowl once again this year, virtually uh, as uh, the game, of course, out in Los Angeles. We'll have coverage coming up on Monday on New Hampshire Today, beginning at 6 a.m., and, of course, on the press pass once again next week. Let's get to the Bruins now, and the Bruins had a really rough night on Tuesday. Patrice Bergeron got hurt, head injury. We'll see what uh, the length of time is that he is going to be out for. And Brad Marchand just lost his mind on the Penguins goaltender, Tristan Jari. First, not allowing Jari to flip the puck into the stands, then poking him a couple times in the face mask. Marchand suspended for six games as a result of his actions. And then, took a Rask on Wednesday called it a career retiring uh, as he had hoped to come back from hip surgery. But, you know, I could tell in his couple games that he just wasn't right physically. And it doesn't mean, you know, he was in pain. It doesn't mean that, you know, he was having difficulty doing things that was kind of crazy type of difficulty. It just is when you're a high-level athlete like that and there's just something is isn't working, you know, you can sense it and it can play with you. From a mental perspective, and Tuka Rask decided to call it a career at the age of 34. And Rask has become you know, kind of a pincushion for Bruins fans and why they have not won a championship since 2011. But I think that's unfair. I think Tuka Rask is one of the best players in the league. I mean, is he as focused and committed as everybody would want him to be? No, but he's himself. And, you know, I think that Tuka Rask is a Really, really good Hall of Fame, probably a little short of the Hall of Fame, but Hall of Fame caliber type of goaltender, and was really good for the Bruins in the 2019 run to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup final. So the Bruins, in my view, are going to be a playoff team. Uh, they have significant games in hand over Detroit. Uh, Detroit's not very good, and the teams that are beneath the Bruins are not very good. So They're going to be a playoff team, but they've got a lot to figure out here. And you know the first thing is the commitment that it takes to win hockey games on a consistent basis, and showing up and getting shellacked by the Carolina Hurricanes six nothing in a game in which you kind of needed to step up and have a little bit from an effort intensity standpoint was not ideal. But you know, the Bruins have tough schedule down the stretch, a lot of games to make up, but they will be a playoff team. The question is, are they going to have anything for you know the top three teams in the Eastern Conference? which are clearly the Tampa Bay Lightning, Carolina Hurricanes, and the Florida Panthers. And right now, the answer is no, they will not have anything for those teams. Boston Celtics very active at the trade deadline. Of course, they've been playing much better basketball. They add Derek White from the San Antonio Spurs, and Daniel Tice is back with the group from the Houston Rockets. They traded, though, Dennis Schroeder as well as Josh Richardson and Ennis Cantor, amongst others, gone as well. Excuse me, Ennis Freedom, gone as well. To me, this provides opportunity for Peyton Pritchard and Aaron Neesmith to step up and to get more opportunities with this group. You add White, who plays well, in my view, will play well off of Brown as well as Tatum. And this is going to be a really good – it already is a really, really strong defensive team. can even add a little bit more to that. Here is Jason Tatum on the addition – of Derek White?
5: Uh, obviously, everybody know I played with him in 2019 FIBA World Cup. Um, and, you know, really high IQ basketball player, uh, you know, very gifted offensively, a great defender. Um, and, you know, somebody just loved having a team. So uh, I think we're, you know, very lucky to have him.
0: That is the Celtics' Jason Tatum. I am Chris Ryan. You've been listening to The Press Pass.